0: Slice Audio.
1: Welcome to Doc Talk, a weekly podcast featuring Monument Health physicians addressing medical topics. Tune into your health with Monument Health. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Doc Talk with Monument Health. Today, I'm being uh, being joined by Dr. Lauren Jones and CNP Jeanette Carlson. From Monument in Spearfish. Uh, Dr. Jones is an ENT uh, and Jeanette Carlson is a CNP in Sturgis. And I, when I first saw the, the, the subject we were talking about today, I got probably more excited than I should have, because when it's something that I personally experience... I'm like oh boy, I've got questions. I got some things <laughs> I right. can ask about. Uh, so let's 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 just get started first. Uh, Doctor Jones, y- your background. You said you were born and raised
0: in Spearfish. Yeah, born and raised in Spearfish. Graduated there in '91. Went off to. I was in the Air Force for quite some time. Oh, excellent. Doing this job for the Air Force, and then uh, when my commitment was up, we. Uh, a job back home so So what
1: uh what kind of led you into this field what why why did you pick it well
0: uh my third year medical school rotation in ENT was Sort of by accident because I didn't get my preferences in soon enough, (laughs) and I just liked the people, liked the patients, liked the diseases that we treated.
1: Okay. Uh, Jeanette, what about you? How did you... uh, You're from Sturgis, I believe, correct? Yep. Graduated from Sturgis. I've lived in the area my whole life. Uh, Currently live in Spearfish with my family now. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a hospital nurse for nine years, became a nurse practitioner, worked in urgent care for... About three years, and I've been working with Doctor Jones for the past three years since then. What's so. What's the really quick? What is the difference in, uh, you know, the the nursing designations? So, like a nurse practitioner. Yeah. So, as a nurse practitioner, I basically get to do physical assessments and prescribe. And I see. Okay. Take, I mean, we all take care of patients, right? But it's just in a different capacity, at a little bit higher level. So. Okay. Perfect. Um, well, I, we're going to be talking uh, uh, over a series of topics here uh, with both of you. And I think we can just kind of, you know, jump right into uh, questions that people have when they come in to see you dealing with uh, the term that I've seen all over the place. You see it in commercials, you see it listed on on, on boxes of medication, but I wasn't sure what it meant, and it's post-nasal drip is something that you see, obviously, quite a lot. right?
0: We do. We see quite a lot of patients who have that problem and that complaint. And really, it's just a sensation that you have something draining into your throat from your nose, as opposed to a runny nose or we'd say maybe anterior rhinorrhea, if we're being formal in the mm-hmm. chart, coming out the front. So it's just uh, nasal stuff that goes down the back. The interesting thing is your nose and sinuses make a lot of mucus every day between a pint and a quart. Well, what is that, the what's the what's the reason? Why do they do that? Why are they making that much? Yeah, so all of your mucous membranes really require mucus to function. If it's absent, you are in a world of hurt. So, oh really? Um, uh, it. It you know dust that would settle is carried off by mucus with a little cilia on the cells beating the mucus back down and then it goes down and helps lubricate the swallow, and the whole throat. So, if, for example, a cancer patient who's had radiation to their throat and they're absent mucus and saliva, it's a it's a real handicap. So you need it, but sometimes there's an abnormal amount or there's something abnormal about it and it feels uncomfortable.
1: So that's why uh, you know when you when you get a runny nose, it can be. So, I mean, it's just, it's an annoying thing that happens most of the time, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Do do post-nasal drips, runny nose, are they, can they be indicative of things that are more serious Or, or are they generally just
0: telling you? Y- y- some, something's, you know, just not quite right, and, and fix it. Yeah, usually the, s- the symptoms like that, post-nasal drip and runny nose, are are typical of disease processes that are not life-threatening but are pretty annoying. Right. So it would be pretty rare for something like that to indicate a serious health threat that you really need to seek medical attention for because you're going to have a bad outcome if you don't.
1: Okay, so is there is there reasons... If, if you're experiencing that that you should ever visit a physician if it's just that
0: yeah for sure M- mainly just quality of life reasons so if it's um, if it's really just bothering you affecting your quality of life your ability to do the things you want to do without being interrupted to constantly clear your throat or have your voice be rough and you know in your line of business sure be something if you had a lot of stuff that was sticking down by your vocal cords and causing your voice to not work the way you want it to or um, just uh, having to blow your nose all the time these sorts of things you know can interrupt people in their private and professional lives and 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 people don't like to have to deal with that so that's most of what we run into it'd be pretty rare to see something bad that was truly a threat to somebody's health going on there
1: so you can get uh, obviously types of obstruct, uh, obstruction in your nose right mm-hmm. cuz we were talking before we started this I, the polyps uh, it just yeah. seems like you can you can get those anywhere and uh, I'm, I'm surprised by that. Is, that. is that common for a lot of people, an uh, obstruction like that?
0: Yeah, nasal polyps are probably overall a pretty uncommon cause of nasal obstruction. You know, in, in our practice in ENT, we see it, you know, not uncommonly. We see it fairly often, and um, they're, a, they're a trouble. They're really just a result in the nose, not speaking of other areas of the body where mm-hmm. they occur, but in the nose, they're just a result of chronic and significant inflammation. And as the mucous membranes get inflamed, they swell, and then eventually they swell to the point where they kind of outpouch into an actual polyp type of tissue.
1: So can those, can those like other polyps, can they turn cancerous? I mean, is that something
0: Straightforward that— Straightforward nasal polyps like we see with— maybe bad allergies or chronic sinus infections in certain people are not something that ever turns to cancer. Okay. There are certain obviously kinds of growths in the the nose and sinuses that can be cancers, but that's pretty uncommon. So
1: what are some what are some treatments then people is it is, is over the counter basically enough for something like this? If you have runny nose or post nasal drip?
0: Yeah, I think it's a good place to start. Okay. So most people, you know, that are experiencing runny nose and post-nasal drip, and maybe they have some sneezing with it, and maybe itchy you water your eyes, and maybe it's seasonal or maybe it's not, but a lot of people will quickly jump to the idea. This is maybe allergy-related, and they'll take some over-the-counter allergy medicines, some antihistamine pills or the nasal steroid sprays are Mm -hmm. over-the-counter now as well as our nasal antihistamine sprays. They're just one, but it's over-the-counter as well. And so people will often self-medicate at home for these sorts of symptoms, and that's just fine. And if you're doing that and, you know, whatever, maybe it's spring through fall, you sneeze and have a runny nose and itchy, watery eyes, and you take some Flonase or you take some Claritin or, you know, whatever – Product you choose, and it helps. That's fine. You don't need to see a doctor. I think at that point.
1: Now, what's the difference? Because I am, I am, I'm one of the guys, and I know it's probably, uh, it's probably not smart, but at all, it almost seems every single night, I, I can't breathe as well as I'd like to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I turn to the Afrin, those kind of uh, nasal right. sprays to clear that up. Um, is that? Is that smart? Um, (laughs) Is it it dangerous? let's be gentle. No, (laughs) it's not dangerous. Right. It can
0: be counterproductive in the long run. Okay. Um, So for short term use, what I tell people about Afrin, and we give it to people, you know, post-op sometimes and stuff for certain reasons. Uh, But generally I tell people if you're sick, like you have a cold and you're really miserable, for a few days using Afrin is great. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an amazingly oh, effective it medicine. it is such a great um, drug. It really will open up your nasal passageways. It works by constricting blood vessels in the nose, and that shrinks the, the tissues down. The the tissues in the nose, some of them are almost like erectile tissue. They have a lot of vascular channels in them. And the Afrin shrinks those down, and the tissues shrink, and you can, can breathe. But that is something that really should only be used for three, maybe four days at a time. It, or you may end up with, our medical term is rhinitis medicamentosa, but this means that your nose has gotten uh, to the point where it doesn't respond as well to the Afrin anymore, and then you get really bad rebound congestion. It's very hard to stop it. Okay. And some people's nose honestly tolerate that okay, but a lot, most people don't. So there's a small percentage of people that maybe could kind of live on that and, and sure. do all right. But we see a, a fair number of people that come in and oh, I'm on Afrin all the time, and their nose looks like a red, inflamed, swollen wreck inside, and it's not working for them anymore. So we say three to, three to five days. Yeah. Okay.
1: So well, what's the difference then between that and you mentioned the the nasal stick? Steroids that you can take, uh, like Flonase and stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: you don't, I know I've used that in the past. You'll squirt it up your nose, and you don't feel that, right. you know, that Afrin relief. So what is that doing over the long run?
0: Yeah, and it, the long run is key. So okay. nasal steroids, whether it's, you know, Flonase, Nasacort, Nasonex, any of them, they're all functionally very similar. Um, they are steroids. So they are broad-spectrum anti-inflammatories. And so they treat underlying Inflammation and decrease those inflammatory signals that are causing tissues to swell, and that's how you get some relief with them. But they don't work immediately. Um, usually, we tell people to give them a good trial of two weeks before they say, This isn't working for me. So it's, and people will feel. Uh, maybe even they do get a little bit of a feeling. Just a little fluid goes in there, and they feel yeah. oh that helped a little bit. And then half an hour later, they feel like it's gone. It's not doing anything. They don't they don't give it a good enough try. But frankly, nasal steroids are the most effective broad spectrum medications for allergy symptoms in general. And you know, most people attribute a lot of their nasal symptoms to allergy problems. Yeah, um, they ha- cover the most. Types of symptoms compared to antihistamines, which don't control stuffy nose, but flo- uh, the nasal steroids do help with that. So they're just the sort of thing that you do have to try for a, a bit of time.
1: So, so even better than I'm, um, you know, you you get your your other types of medication that's just specifically for nasal, a pill form. Mm-hmm. So the 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 actual spray would be you think would be better.
0: Yeah, they are more effective uh, for a broader range of uh, symptoms that are wow. due to allergy and. The antihistamines are good for rapid relief, um, but the nasal steroids—if you know that March through September, March through October, whatever you're—you have trouble every year—then you'd want to start nasochord or Flonase or something a couple of weeks before that. Stick on it the whole time. Use your antihistamine pill as a backup, potentially, or you can even add an antihistamine nose spray. The um, Astelin is the the
1: the. Oh, I didn't name. even know there was such a thing. I didn't know that that existed. Uh, an antihistamine yeah. nose spray.
0: Yeah, it's been around for. Quite a number of years maybe 20 years but it's been over the counter for the last year or two. okay and uh what's the over-the-counter name? is it astapro is that the mm-hmm. over-the-counter name that's yeah. available all right um, so yeah there's there's a lot of good options in over-the-counter medicine but the the key with the nasal steroids is to give them some time to work so mm-hmm. Is it, is it recommended to stop
1: using it over a certain time, though, with the steroids, too, and maybe just come back to it every season? Or can you really use it?
0: If you need to use it year-round, you can use it year-round. You can use it year-round uh, forever. They're extremely safe medications. The, the steroids that they use for that have almost no systemic absorption when they're applied to the nose. And so okay. there's z- almost zero risk of, like... You know, like taking steroid pills, you don't want to do that long-term because then have a lot of other adverse side effects. Uh, but but with the nasal steroid sprays, it's not an issue. You can be on them for good.
1: Okay. Uh, going back a little bit to that nasal obstruction, and, and I don't – this is just popping into my mind because, uh, I you know, I like to – Think of the weirdest things you've probably come across uh, <laughs> as far surprised. as obstructions go. <laughs> Has there been something that you've just you've just had to laugh when you've when someone's come in and you're like, oh good lord, how did that get there?
0: <laughs> There've been a couple. Um, the two that really come to mind. I was working at an army hospital in San Antonio, and there was a young woman who had come to the U.S. from Central America recently and um, was complaining of bright green nasal discharge and nasal blockage. And I looked in her nose and there was uh, this thing coated in bright green pus inside her nose. And I pulled it out and it was a rock. And she said she had been in a landslide a couple of years before that. And so that had been in there a couple of years.
1: How can people live? Wouldn't you feel that? Wouldn't you know that that's in there? Or yeah.
0: is it possible not to? I think it's possible not to. And she probably knew that something Amazing. felt blocked and that she was having the drainage, but she probably didn't have access to, you know, an ENT physician sure. in her home country uh, easily in a, in, at least. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it stayed and there the afrin
1: long. was not going to help with that.
0: No. You've got to get some physical retrieval for that.
1: Oh, that's it. You said you had a second one, too, that came to mind, sort of?
0: Oh, yeah. This was a similar deal. Who knows how long it had been there, but this person... Uh, um, had it looked to be a seashell and this person was staying at a home for people with you know mental mm-hmm. disabilities and uh yeah it was big seashell in this poor person's nose that had been there for who knows how long so well, strange things do happen
1: yeah but, i suppose and you you just you got you take care of it and you kind of shake your head and say you know please Please, uh, in the future, let's not do that. Yeah, please not. <laughs> right. Uh, well, this—it's uh, been fun talking to you, Doctor Jones, about this uh, ear, nose, and throat uh, from Spearfish, talking about postnasal drip and runny noses, and really, um, you know, they're—they're they're not super serious. If you feel the need to see a doctor, though. You know, I mean you're not gonna say don't come see me, if you no, have a runny absolutely. nose. For sure. we treat
0: lots of yeah. sort uh, of sort of sort of sort are sort of sort of sort are sort of sort of the of sort of the of sort of may of be of be of sort of be of sort 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 of rhinitis called vasomotor rhinitis or non-allergic of or acid reflux, of can of a lot of sort of sort of sort drip sort of 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 that as well so if of are of having something that's not responding to your typical over-the-counter stuff and it's bothering enough to to go see the doc then by all means come Mm -hmm. see us we'll do some big exams and testing and uh and find the right way to treat it
1: excellent thank you very much dr jones for talking with me and uh jeanette as well and i know that we are going to visit with you guys again uh here and uh and cover some more of these topics i'm excited to get into uh the the sleep apnea and the snoring of course and allergies that's going to be a big one too so thank you guys both so much you're very welcome thank you Doc Talk with Monument Health is recorded live at Homeslice Studios, hosted by Mark Houston, edited by Russ Hatton, engineered by Chris Jaquist, and produced by Kelsey Kinney and Rob Henry.